Welcome back to Disclaimers Aside, a bi-weekly podcast where I share the raw and honest stories of people in my community, Disclaimers Aside. I'm your host, Aisara Amadou, and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Disclaimers Aside. Happy Saturday. This episode is going up a few days after Eid al-Adha. I'm recording this like a few days before then, but by the time you guys are listening to it, it's been a few days after Eid al-Adha. So this is a very fun and exciting time. I love Eid al-Adha. I feel like it always just comes up so quickly, um, especially since like there's so much anticipation before Eid al-Fitr with like Ramadan and all of that but you know Eid al-Adha is also a really really special time and a few days ago I actually went to the masjid for Jummah I went to like their youth program that they had at night and they were the imam was talking about how I can't remember if it was like at the uh, youth program at night or if it was actually like the khutbah that they had for Jummah but they were kind of talking about the fact that like a lot of the times people don't really consider the days the 10 days leading up to Eid al-Adha as important as like for example like the last 10 days of Ramadan when really these are such a special last 10 last 10 days and a great opportunity you know to make dua and like just obviously like increase your iman and all of that so they are very important uh 10 days they are very holy 10 days and if you're listening and you're not super familiar Eid al-Adha comes after the, I think, I can't remember if it's like, I think it's 11 days, right? Like Hajj is like around 11 days, but it comes after Hajj, which Hajj, if you're not familiar with what that is, Hajj is the pilgrimage that Muslims are required to participate in at least once in their lifetime if they have the means possible. So if you don't have the means, like the financial means or whatnot, or maybe like the physical means like it's obviously exempt but if you have you know the financial and the physical means it is something that every muslim has to do once in their life and that's where you would go to saudi arabia you would go to the hajj and uh, make that pilgrimage and i think it's around 11 days not really sure um exactly how many days it days it is but I personally have never done it. I it's something that like I really would love to do. I'm hoping like maybe in the next few years if my parents go do it, like my sisters and I can kind of tag along and we can do it. Um but, you know, it is definitely it's definitely challenging when you live uh so far away. Um it's definitely like more of a journey and just more of a commitment, but it is, you know, an important important part of um being a muslim and it's an important part of our faith it's like one of the five pillars and it's something that like i know is going to be very life-changing like i've seen a lot of like vlogs and tiktoks of people kind of talking about their experiences going to hajj for the first time and like how it is such like a reset and how it's such a awakening like spiritually awakening moment for them and it like completely changes like the trajectory trajectory of their life and their outlook on life so i'm definitely excited for you know the prospect of that inshallah in the coming years and like i know it's like difficult um if you're struggling with your faith or you're struggling with practicing to kind of um feel like you are worthy of doing something or like participating in something like hajj 
but um just remember like if you're struggling with that and you have like the means to be able to do it that like it is our duty as muslims and like you don't have to be the perfect muslim to be able to go to hajj and this can be kind of like a second chance um in terms of you just like changing the trajectory of your life with hajj if you go um on this pilgrimage it's said to like erase all of the sins since birth and so you kind of you basically like once you com complete hajj like you restart life with a clean slate so it's a huge thing it's a huge thing i've never even been to umrah umrah is like when you do the whole thing but just like not during this set time that everyone's kind of supposed to and that's also really really amazing and important but i think like the first time that we actually go it's definitely going to be hajj because like that's the priority let me know if you guys um if this is your first year doing hajj if you guys went off and, and did hajj this year um that's so so amazing and it's like a huge accomplishment it's it's physically it's a lot it's definitely very challenging from what i've heard so it's such an amazing thing to be able to say that you've done and hopefully inshallah like we'll all get the opportunity to do it one day i'm really excited for eid i think it's just a really fun time i feel like eid al-adha is just like the the more underrated eat of the two but i like to celebrate both um to their full extent because we only get two holidays a year it's really fun that eid this year is like during the summer i know in the next coming years as the eid kind of pushes back and moves back 11 days um it's not going to be the case as much anymore my plans for this eid is just the same as usual usually for eid in the morning we go to the eid prayer at our local masjid and usually <laughs> usually we go to like the last one they offer like two to three prayers we're kind of lucky they have like a 6 a.m one an 8 a.m one and then a 9 or 10 a.m one usually it's 9 a.m but i noticed this year they pushed it up to 10 which is nice because i feel like no matter how early it is like we're always just scrambling to the get to get to the masjid on time so this year we're gonna go to the 10 a.m prayer i actually want to make this a poll over on the podcast instagram because i was talking to my friends about this last time but like are you guys the type of muslims that like go to eid prayer with the full beat on the full outfit on like ready for the eid pics or do you come in just an abaya and a clean face and like come to pray because i literally just put on abaya and i go to the mosque like i'll try and be a little bit put together but i'm not out here like doing a full beat at like nine in the morning to go to friday prayer mainly because like usually we end up going later in the afternoon over to like my family friend's house for like our annual eid party and so it, it just doesn't make sense to me to like do my makeup early in the morning and just like let it rot all day but i feel like every time i go to like the masjid for eid prayer like everyone's dressed to the nines and i'm like what what am i missing here so let me know. I'm going to make this a poll. Do you guys go to the to Eid prayer with a full beat on or do you just kind of bum it? I'm really excited for Eid al-Adha. This year I actually have a really cute Eid fit planned. Hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this episode, I actually posted like my Eid fit on my main Instagram. But the plan for this Eid is to wear blue bazan. I'm borrowing my sister's outfit that she had made in Mauritania. I'm really excited about it. I'm debating if I want to go with like it's like a baby blue bazan and then I'm like debating if I want to pair it with a like navy blue hijab or if I want to do a gray hijab but I'm really excited to just do like a fun makeup look it is always just like the perfect opportunity to like dress to the nines dress in your cultural clothes and just like have fun with like the makeup look and everything so 
I'm really excited. It's always a really fun time on the day of Eid, just like being on Instagram and like scrolling through everyone else's looks and like seeing how everyone else is celebrating Eid. Another poll I want to make on the podcast Instagram for this week is like, do you guys celebrate multiple days of Eid? Because I didn't realize that this was a thing until a few years ago when one of my family friends was saying that like they do like Eid day two slash Eid day three. And I started to notice like people do like Eid day one, two, and three. At first it sounded like the most outlandish idea like why like eat is one day but then someone was putting it in the sense of like if you for example like have like two families like you want to or two different families that you want to see like you might spend eat day one with one family and then eat day two with another side of your family or like you may you may spend like eat day one with your family and then eat day two like with your friends so i kind of see what like people mean and then also someone was pointing out to me that with Eid day one because you have Eid prayer early in the morning like you're really tired especially the Eid after Ramadan like you're really tired after Ramadan and then like waking up early for that last like Eid prayer so Eid day two is kind of like when you can go all out I guess I don't know I my family is very simple we just do like one day of Eid that's how we've always celebrated it but I feel like it would be fun and I think in the future like that would be a fun thing to do um, if you want to spend like one day with your family and then like eat day two with your friends and it be more casual So yeah, check out the disclaimers aside podcast instagram to vote on some of these polls And i'd love to hear like what are your guys's eat plans you guys can like dm me or maybe i'll make like a little question box Today's episode i'm really excited about because it's actually an interview with my mom I've always wanted to have like my mom on the podcast because ever since I started my channel in like in 2017 my mom has always made clear that like she does not want to be on my channel and we would never be able to like sit down and like film a video together on my youtube channel my parents both just kind of like want privacy and they're both not really on my youtube channel my mom's really really supportive of like youtube and podcasting and like everything in terms of content creation and she's like she loves consuming content as well but she's just not comfortable with being on youtube but I figured since like with podcasting it's just like you just hear someone's voice like it would be the perfect um, medium to interview her on especially since I think she has like such an incredible life and a, such an incredible story and just she is a very wise person like there's a lot to be learned learned from her and she's great at giving advice so she, I figured she would be the, the perfect person to have on my podcast and this is my second year podcasting i spent the first year podcasting trying to get her on and i only got her to come around in the last like six months i would say so i'm really excited um at the prospect of this week's podcast episode and i hope you guys enjoy it um it was definitely really really fun to record it was a pretty lengthy episode so i just decided to break it up into two parts so this is the first part to that conversation and you guys will hear part two in about two weeks so stay tuned for that and uh with that let's just go ahead and dive into this week's episode welcome to disclaimers aside are you going to be paying me for this <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not a response i've ever gotten from a guest so that's a unique one well you need to pay me honestly i do because i've been hounding my mom to be on this podcast like i've been begging my mom to come onto the podcast and she's resisted me for so long it's already been about a year so are you going to buy me a perfume or lunch? We'll see, we'll see. 
I'll think about that. But I know for me, like, you have definitely been one of the guests that I wanted to have the most on the podcast because, Aww. you know, over on my channel, um, I'm not really allowed to film my mom. So I feel yep. like there's, like, a lot of mystery around, like, my parents and everything like that. But yeah. It is important to have, like, a separation between you and your family when you're a creator, I think. I so. agree. I agree. So I'm happy that you're on the podcast today. First of all, introduce yourself. Who are you? Well, I am Zenabu. <laughs> I'm Zenabu. I'm from Mauritania. I was born and grew up in Mauritania until I was almost 24. Uh, moved to USA. I've been here since. I love cooking, cleaning, chatting with people. I have an obsession for perfumes, for anything sparkly, shiny. I know you hate shiny stuff. <laughs> yeah, she loves <laughs> glittery things. Anything shiny, give it to me. Like it's, That's just calling my name. Okay, so disclaimers aside, this is a question I ask everyone. What is an unpopular opinion you have? It could be about th- anything. Okay, I think K. Ali perfumes are overrated. I think they're overrated. K. Ali perfumes? K. Ali perfume. You know K. Ali perfume? You know uh, Huda Beauty? I know of Huda, Huda, Huda the one who does Huda Beauty, her sister. Oh. Mona Katan. You know, I was Huda say, Beauty. Huda Beauty is a makeup brand, right? Yeah. So she does the makeup part and her sister Mona, she does the perfume. I mean, I like some of them. I like the smell, but I just feel like they're overrated. So, so far I don't own any and I will see how, that's what, how long will that last. But mm-hmm. I think they're overrated. Really? And I, people love the brand. Maybe a part of the reason why people love the brand is because of her sister, too. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like they're overrated. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so can you start off by telling me, like, what was your childhood like? My childhood, I don't know, it was fun. Alhamdulillah, I was like a happy kid. I grew up within a big family. Growing up in a big family, like any typical African family. It was like being in a summer camp, you know. You have all these, mashallah, brother and sister. You get to play with them. You get to fight. You know, we didn't have like all the fancy things you guys have nowadays. But we were creative playing hide and seek. You know, making those wooden dolls. We didn't have like Barbies and stuff like that. I remember because one time when I was a kid... You ma- you either made one for me or you ha- you bought one for me yeah. in Mauritania. Yeah, it was like yeah. dolls that you make. Yeah, yeah. I think I I tried to make one or two, or I did even. And then when we went to Mauritania, we did also get some. Of- I don't know where they are actually. I don't know what happens to them, but I also remember one time when we were in Chicago, Dad made me one of those like metal cars. Actually, like- I was gonna speak about that. Yeah, yeah that that um, <laughs> he was saying like when he was a kid, they used to yes. love. Yes, I was going to mention that the boys used to, you know, make those metal cars. We didn't have, you know, the fancy stuff, you guys. And they used to make like a, a version of Range Rover, you know. Really? Exactly. <laughs> they were that elaborate? Hey, Range Rover, we knew that since wow. back in the day, you know, Land Rover. My dad, I think, had a Land Rover or something like that. So they used to make it at the shape of like, you know, with the shape of Range Rover for boys. For girls, we used to make those wooden dolls like you can make with a melahfa. Or with the Fulani outfit. Mm, so we didn't have like the fancy stuff you guys had. But it was like, I think, a happy childhood. You know, it was okay. We spent the entire day playing outside until it's dark. You know, we'd just be outside playing the whole day. Nowadays, the kids are all Always the time inside. inside exactly. Yeah. 
in their tablets, watching Disney Plus or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would say definitely, like, compared to the children today, I think Rakia Harima and I, like, we did spend some time outside, but probably not as much as you guys did growing up. Yes, for sure. Growing up used to be in the streets all the time. All the time. All the time, you know, you literally go back to eat lunch and then you go outside. We'd play all type of things. We were very creative, you know, climb the tree, play those things. I don't know how do they call them. The one that your dad was telling you the other day. The marble oh, thing. Oh, is it the... Um, bull, I think we call it bull, marble stuff, you know. Is it mancala? We used to play that. We used to play other stuff that had like, like wooden skid. No, no, no. They called it sig in Hassania. Sig. Oh. You know, we... All the stuff, you know, the, the bull, we would be outside the marble things, and then you would be like... I know what you're talking about, I just don't know what it's called. <laughs> in English, yeah. Yeah, that, that used to be, like, a really popular game in, like, I feel like the 90s. Like, I, every time you'd watch a TV show, like, from the 90s, like, I remember in Arthur, they had the little marbles on the ground. I can't remember what the name of the game is. Yeah, we used to... But it's to, an outdoor one. We used to play all of those things. We used to have uh, a game called Elastic, where we use, you know, the, the elastic that people put here. Jump rope? We used to play that. We called oh. it cord. Two people would be like doing it and then you would get inside, you would be jumping. It was really fun. We were really creative. Very active, creative. We spent the entire day outside. You know, we didn't have anything you guys had. But, you know, I think it was like a happy childhood. No, and I think it's it's lucky that you got to, you know, grow up with a lot of siblings. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like a, <laughs> like a summer camp, as, as, as I would say, you know. You, you would fight with this, play with that one, play with that, run here, run there. You're always entertained with your siblings. Oh, yeah, you're always entertained. It was fun, actually. You know, you guys unfortunately don't have that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm at least glad that I'm not an only child because, like, I see how it's like growing up for people that are an only child or they only have one sibling. And it's, I think the more siblings you have, the more fun it is. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. thankful to even just have two siblings. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm curious, how would you say like growing up in a large household shaped your perspective on life? As I said, you know, growing within a big family, it's like, you know, being a summer camp all the time. You have, mashallah, so many brothers and sisters. You don't have uh, time to be sad or be lonely, you know. You're constantly surrounded constantly by people. Constantly surrounded by, you know, by people, playing with your brother, sister, the neighborhood, you know, all of that, you know. So it, it was a really cool thing and it, it teaches you to, uh, you know, learn to be in community, you know, in groups and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, people make fun of each other. <laughs> I feel so, like they definitely have more of a tougher skin than Exactly. Here. You get bullied since you were like a little, a little It's kid. like anytime you tell somebody I don't like your hairstyle and it's like end of the world. I cannot believe she, she told said me that. she doesn't like my hairstyle or the color of my outfit. <laughs> Over there, no, yeah. Kids are a lot more little, sensitive here. Oh my gosh. Over there, people will be just like, you know, you just Beating have to you toughen up. up. You know, exactly. <laughs> Beat you up. You look like this. You look like that, you know. So you just... Get, get used, used to, to it, it you know. Yeah. So I think it teaches all of that to have like a tough skin and, you know, you're used to being surrounded with a lot of people. In a room like you have six people living in one room here, it's like, I need my own room, you know, I need my own space. Can I get my own space? <laughs> <laughs> so it teaches you all of that, you know. Uh, you share with people, it teaches you to share, to live in a community, you know. A lot of things you don't whine about because... But he is like, I need my own space, you know. 
It's definitely a different lifestyle for sure. It's diff- totally different. The time we grew up and now it's like day and night. It's very different. Do you think even like now in Mauritania it's very similar? Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's not exactly like the USA, but I think it's getting there. Like people are kind of Yeah, nowadays they're having like less kids than, you know, the time of our moms or grandmothers. They're having less kids. The kids are a little bit, you know, in more the electronics. Exactly, oh. more independent. Yeah, absolutely. It's different than the time we were growing up. But our time, it, it was really fun. Yeah, I'm it sure. It was very fun, you know. All day long, you're busy. You're with stuff, you know. With you're surrounded people, by people, yeah. Surrounded by people. You know, you don't have time to think about anything. You know, walking miles and miles every single day to go to school, to go to visit your friends. Very active. We live like a very active life, you know. And there's also just like a really huge support system, I think, over yeah. there too. Oh yeah, you're raised yeah. by everybody. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in the street, you're literally like, if it's not my mom or my dad, it's going to be the uncle, it's going to be the the neighbor, you know, the neighbor will be pulling your ears, you know. Anytime you see the neighbor come, come, come you know, to your house, it's like, oh, shoot, I'm going to tell my mom what I did because they saw me <laughs> earlier somewhere. It's like... The entire, like, as they say, you need a village over there. You literally have your village. Your village. Yeah. I see. Everybody's raising you. So when you're outside, you need to be very careful. Everybody's watching, literally. So you're obsessed with perfumes and have been for a long time. Can you talk about some of your earliest memories of your passion and, like, how it evolved? I think it was my mom. I remember when I was maybe 12, 13. Ah. Uh, Every evening, the entire house would smell good. I remember she would wear like Amarige, Givenchy, uh, Samsara, Guerlain, Eden Cacharel. Wow, she had good taste. Uh, she had a great taste, you know, Shalimar, Guerlain, the one, you know. I love Shalimar. Exactly, yeah, you took from me. That's one of my me. favorite scents. It's funny, at that time, I hated when my mom used to use it. I hated it, hated it. And suddenly, I don't know why, I, it just came and I, I, and I love it again. And, you know, it reminds me of my mom. So I think it started with her. She she was a huge, like, you know... Inspiration. Yeah, exactly, inspiration. She loved perfumes. Every evening, the house would smell good. And I'm like, I, I want to be like her. So I think I started when I was 14. I started buying those cheap deodorant. I remember... Oh, like Bath & Body Works type quality? <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> really? They were a little bit at that time. I think they cost 120 ugia, which is, I don't know uh 40 cents at that time wow. they're like dead on spray and when i i remember one time i was traveling to baba bay i think i was 14 baba bay you know from nwaksha to baba bay the village where my dad is from i could not afford to buy a perfume <laughs> <laughs> so i bought that deodorant. i remember the name was charlie or charles or something the bottle was blue and it's like a spray the the cane you know the one you know so i literally used the scissor to put a hole and spilled it all entire my luggage so all my melahfa can smell good wow you know, that's how my obsession started. And then I just started buying those deodorant, 120 gear. And then I moved to the perfume that are like dupes. They used to bring them from Spain and France. Uh, at that time, they were like 300 gear, 350. I had like my little thing. I had about 20, little 30. Collection. Exactly, my little, you know, dresser with my key. So I just started buying perfume. I would always be at the market. I knew all the prices. Wow. Like, if anybody needed a product, like, ask Zerobush, she will tell you how much this cost. I knew all the names, you know. That's how my obsession started, you know, with my mom. And now, I don't know how many years later, 
I'm just deep into the obsession or the addiction, I would say. <laughs> yeah, no. One thing I remember, one story you told me from when you were younger is you used to have like a little like notebook where you would cut out the perfumes yes. and like you would scrapbook them yes. and save them. And... Yes, I used to do that. I had like an antenna look what I used to cut. I'm like, I cannot afford it, but at least I can look you at can it. You can dream. Exactly. Like, almost like a Pinterest board, honestly, yes. back in the day. You see, we started that. Yeah, you guys started Pinterest. Yes, and I remember <laughs> at that time they had Air Africa you know, where my uncle used to work at Africa, it's like an airline. Airline, okay. And then they used to like give them like a catalog at the end, you know, they had those perfumes. So sometimes when I see people have those catalogs, I will literally cut, cut you know, cut the, um, the perfume bottles and I would, you know, and I, I was just dreaming. I'm like, hopefully one day I can afford this. Yeah. I was obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with all those perfumes. No, it's so interesting because my mom is like to this day so obsessed with perfumes but I would say my sisters and I growing up, like, we didn't really care about perfumes. Only yeah. now, like, yeah. my sister and I are starting to kind of like it or get into it more. Yes. But it's definitely, like, I don't appreciate perfumes as much as my mom does. And I was, like, sad. I'm like, how come I have three girls? Like, I think my mom, Tonto Omar, and I got it from her, the obsession. Like, my sister, I said, Oh, Tonto Omar likes perfumes? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I didn't he's, know that. he's obsessed with perfumes. Really? He would always smell good. Yeah. I remember huh. him. You know, he's five years older than me, so I remember he would always smell good. My sister, she had, like, perfume at Bay, and I used to steal her perfume when she comes <laughs> on vacation. She had all those, like, L'Air du Temps, Champagne, I remember, Yves Saint Laurent at that time, and then they changed the name to Everest. Uh, she had Talisman, um, Talisman Balenciaga, I think. We used to steal, Auntie Bay and I, we used to steal her perfumes. So she wasn't obsessed, but at least she had, like, a little collection, and then I would literally steal her stuff. I used to steal my mom perfume. Like every time she get a perfume, I would get a dupe. And I would literally waiting from the market. As soon as she goes to the restroom, I open her purse and I start spraying. Start spraying it. <laughs> and then you cannot like steal the you perfume. You can't hide, yeah. Because as soon as she walks in, the whole veranda smells. And she's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this is mine. Look, khersi, this is mine. I see. So you got the dupe to kind of like I would, mask every it. Time, wow, exactly. you're smart. Every time, because, you know, I could not afford those. So every time she gets a perfume, they have the dupe. I would go buy it. And then I would be waiting for her. I would have my empty container waiting for her to go to the bathroom. As soon as she goes, I start spraying. Wow. And then when she comes back, the whole veranda would be swimming and she, she knows it's me. I'm like, look, 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 it's my perfume. You think you're, you know, kids, they always think they're smarter, smarter than, than the parents. Adults, yeah. So funny. I was literally like, you know, obsessed. Tonto Omar was obsessed with the perfume. But I don't know, for me, that is just an addiction. There is nothing, you know, I can do about it. I'm literally obsessed. It's like a passion. No, I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just like how much I it's, love reading. Like Exactly. It's inexplicable. Yeah, honestly. it's a passion for me. I don't know. I wake up thinking about perfume all day long. Little you day. wake up? Absolutely. Like, I check, you know, when are they going to release so-and-so. The other day, I was literally in Fragrantica looking at perfume. I thought I was talking to somebody. She's like, who are you texting? <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, and it's looks- funny going uh, shopping with my mom, like, to Bloomingdale's or, like, Macy's or something, because... Whenever we're there, like, the people who sell the perfumes try to, like, tell my mom, like, oh, you should try out this new perfume. It just came out. My mom already knows. <laughs> she already knows. She knows all the details about it. Like, she knows more than the people selling the perfumes. Exactly. And what is funny, they were like, oh, this one just came, like, it's 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 new. And I'm like, no. It's been out for I a few months. One. It's been out for, like, 
two years, you know, and oh, okay, we have this one, it's new. No, 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 that you one has better. been out for a few months. And then they're like, hold on. And I would like, do you have this? Do you have that? No. And then they talk, yeah, I know that. They're like, wow, you know a lot about I'm like, well, of course, because for them, it's like just a job for me. It's literally a passion. I'm passionate, passionate about anything related to smell, to fragrances. I don't know. I cannot explain it. Okay, this is going to be a hard question then. If you had to pick one perfume to wear for the rest of your life, what would it be? Yeah, that's a very hard question. And so many people ask me that question. And I'm like, don't ask somebody who's passionate about something, you know, to pick, you know. Your favorite. I, I can't. I can maybe probably, probably say, you know, these are the top 50 for the 50? rest of 50, 5, 0. Wow. 5, 0. I, I can five. literally give you 50 that I can use for the rest of my life and I would be okay. Uh, maybe one of them is Organza Givenchy, one of them is Jean-Paul Gaultier Classic, Ivresse uh, Yves Saint Laurent, it used to be called Champagne, and then they changed the name, first Van Cleef and Arpel, and then Cacharel, uh, Noah Cacharel, Amor Amor Cacharel, Amari Givenchy, you know, Chanel 19, Allure Chanel, all those are, are really, Classics. yeah, perfumes that I really like. And usually I like floral, oriental floral, Floral woody mask. I don't like anything fruity. I know you love fruity. I love fruity. Yes. Yeah. Fruity one of my is not favorite scents is what's the brand? Joe Malone English yes. Pear. No, no, that one. That, that one, one's not. It's like more powdery. Yes. Yeah, I like that one. That one is fruity. Actually, I was talking, you know, about it with this YouTuber. We were talking about. Obviously, I'm always talking about YouTuber. That one is really. I like few fruity. Like Amor Amor Cashmere. It's targeted or marketed as marketed not targeted as a fruity and i like it you know there are a few but usually i like floral anything green floral i like it like apple um not apple but green you know like chanel 19 is considered green verde fleur by tom ford is considered green i like that one i like uh, penhaligan uh, lady blanche it's considered considered green i like that one but anything floral i like also stuff with wood I love stuff with oud. Yeah, I like uh, perfume realized. with oud also. Like oud with Tom Ford, that's one of my favorite. I love oud bouquet Lancome. I just finished a bottle. The Garland perfumes that you gave me, do those have oud in them? Okay, the black one, the Santa Royal, I'm not sure. I don't think it has oud. The Santa Royal, I don't think that one. I'm not sure, but I don't think that one has oud. Yeah. And then the other one, the blue one, I think it's the called patchouli. Uh, patchouli Arden. I yeah. don't think also it has oud. Because there's such strong scents that I thought either they had oud or like, even when people were asking me like, where where did you get your perfumes from? I don't know why I thought that you had gotten these perfumes from Dubai. So I was like going around telling people that, yeah, these perfumes my mom gave me, they're from Dubai. <laughs> even, the, <laughs> even the packaging, if no. you look them up, they look very Actually, like, the Santa Real has oud. I just looked it up. Uh, it has oud. It, it has oud, so that, you're right. It has oud, it has leather, rose, cinnamon, peach. That one is very popular, actually. It's at really first, good. I liked it. And the first time I tried it was at Nwakshad Airport when we were coming back from Mauritania 2018. Okay. I tried it at the airport and I loved it. And then I bought it. Then after a while, I'm like, I don't like it. Yeah, mm. but actually that one has oud. But no, I didn't get it from Dubai. People think, obviously, you know, anything with oud, it started years and years. Like Arab people in the Middle Eastern... They've been using it for years, century. But here, uh, like the modern or the Western, they just started using it, I think, about maybe five to ten years. They're like and catching I, on. Exactly. And I remember when they first started using it, 
they came with Joe Mullen, Red Velvet, Red Velvet, uh, and Oud, which, you know, I had, I, I have that one. I, I finished a ball and I bought another one. And then Tom Ford came with uh, Oud Wood and then they started, they're like, oh, you know, this is a new blah, blah, blah. You new? Know, exactly. Oh it's called God. Oud, you know, in the Middle East and they grow that. I'm like, I'm familiar. I know what Oud is. I know is. what yeah. it is, Oud, because my mom used to go to you know the hajj you know almost every Saudi year Arabia. and then she would like bring all those you know oudi perfume you know everybody that goes to saudi arabia dubai you know all those khalij countries you know they that's know. what they know the bakhur the everything yeah and then they literally just started about five to five maybe to eight years, years ago. ago and they're like oud, oud. so now everybody's like using oud but I'm like, come on, African I've, people. I've known, yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, um, how to smell expensive. And it was like, um, it was recommending like all of these like Arab perfumes and like most of them had oud in them too. Yes, most of them, they have oud. So it's definitely been a trend, I would and say. And then they have the bakhor and all of that. But I love anything with oud, anything floral, floral, just fruity. Mm-mm. You don't like? Stuff just like candy, you know, like Baccarat Rouge is very popular. Oh, it's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. I know you love it, but... Mm-mm. I don't like it to be like too crazy sweet, but like I do tend to like sweet You love scent. sweet scents, yeah. I like a lot of oud. Um, floral, like oud, yeah. I don't necessarily Yeah, I know we floral. have opposite yeah when it comes to anything you like i don't like whenever we go shopping like we'll both smell a perfume and usually if i like it my mom will won't like it or vice versa yeah yeah it's funny one of my instagram friend uh francine you know every time i tell her i hate something she's like oh i probably like it (laughs) (laughs) really because we also most of the time have like opposite of like i hate it's like okay then i can't blind buy it i probably like it (laughs) (laughs) that's funny what would you say like what country do you think has the best sense i would say khalij you know middle east yeah absolutely the old thing forget it no it, once i no. my mom came back from mauritania like uh this past january i want to yeah. say and she brought back all these perfumes she brought in mauritania that are from like dubai dubai right? yeah they... and once i smelled those i was like no, i'm not the going best. back the they best. smell so good yeah. they are the best you know and they're, such and they're not scent. expensive yeah they're very cheap you know I don't know. Back home, it's like something like $20, $15. They're very cheap. The quality is amazing. And then the other thing that I have noticed about perfume, back in the day, it's not like now. Like those Organza, Givenchy, Amarige, Givenchy, Eden Cacherel. They used to be like about $50, $80, $100 max. And they lasted longer. The, they were stronger. The projection was amazing. The sealage, everything. But nowadays, you know, they're coming with all these niche. It's like over $300. Like Joe Martin is like over 150 and all of that. But they don't last. The quality is just not the same as it used to be like 20 years ago when they first, you know. Came or, out. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not first, but, you know, 20, if I compare like 20 years ago and now, it's completely different. Really? I, absolutely. That's why I always go. I always have those in my collection, like Shalimar, Samsara Gerland, you know, the, the old ones. ones. Oh, yeah. Those always, every time I finish, I'm like, I need to get a new bottle. Yeah. They're you definitely know. like a lot stronger. And... They're a lot, like Shalimar Gerland. Shalimar, yeah. Angel, Cherry Migler, you know, the, the, the blue thing that I gave you. The Angel. alien one? Oh, no, the angel one. Okay. Yeah, angel, like yeah. Angel, you know, Cherry Migler. Yeah. That one is like, it came, I think, out in the mid-90s. It's really strong and it's not that expensive compared to the niche now that, you know, the Tom the Ford designer. and all of that, you know, they have designed that they have niche. Oh, especially Tom Ford. Those yeah. two Tom Ford perfumes yeah. you gave me, 
Like I would spray it, and yeah. then after like an hour, yes, it would wear off. Done. Yeah, those are like the summer ones. Summer scents. The I think it's the Portofilo or whatever the green one. Those yeah, are like the little very blue light. Yeah, teal ones. Teal yes. ones. Yeah, they don't last, and they're really expensive. You know, the Jo Malon. Jo Malon is like a cologne. It's not even a perfume. They're over one fifty, and What's they the don't last. What's the difference between a cologne and a perfume? The concentration is different. Like oh. you know, extra de parfum is like uh, I think parfum. Usually it's like five ml. It's extremely expensive, and then after that it's extra de parfum, and then after that is uh, or the parfum, or the toilette, you know, cologne, you know, or the cologne. So oh, it's see. not that concentrated. So yeah, I feel like the quality with time they're just you know parfum de Marley. It's another brand that is extremely expensive. They perform like over three hundred, and I feel like they don't last like those Tresor Lancome, those old that you used old to sense. buy like seventy bucks or one hundred max. You get a bottle. But yeah, the perfume from Dubai, Saudi Arabia, like Khalij, those are They the come best. out with the best scents. Yes, the best and they're not, they're not that expensive, you know. Yeah. yeah, I really like those. I kind of want to talk about like your transition when you moved from Mauritania to the U.S. What was the culture shock like moving from Mauritania to the U.S.? You said earlier you moved here when you were like 24, so you were pretty, you were still pretty young, but I think you definitely spent most of your formative years like in Mauritania so I'm sure there was like a huge culture shift because you know the U.S. is very different from Mauritanian culture yes 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 I remember that <laughs> that was back in like you came 19... in like July I remember I you came told me July a funny 13. story about it yeah. yeah I came July 13 1999 it was like day and night <laughs> they there were like no middle ground literally like day and night it was like I was, I don't know, in the dark and then somebody brought me or vice versa or something. <laughs> and I remember when I came, the first thing that shocked me, you know, it, it was in July. So I moved from Mauritania to Chicago area. And then the first thing that shocked me, I saw everybody wearing shorts. Everybody, <laughs> grandpa, you know, back in Mauritania, shorts is only for kids. Yeah. And I come like, are they crazy or what? <laughs> I called somebody, I'm like, people here are crazy, they're like the grown up are wearing shorts, the mom, the dad. I'm like, what's wrong with them? I was shocked because back home it's only for kids, you know. So when I saw everybody wearing, that was like the first shock. The biggest you know? shock. Exactly, yeah. I was just looking at them like they're crazy. And then after maybe a few weeks to a month, I got used to it. You know, the weather was different. You know, Mauritania is very hot and dry the entire year. It's like Arizona weather. So when I came to Chicago, it was extremely cold. Like, yeah, it was hot during summer. Very humid. You came during the summer and you said it yes. was cold? Wow. No, 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 no. No, I said it's extremely cold during the winter. Oh, during the but winter, no, no, no. Yeah. When I came, Chicago gets really hot. I don't know if you remember, but... I, re- I remember because when we went um, a couple years ago, we went back to visit Chicago. It was, it was hot. Yeah. To my standards. Yeah, and then the difference that Chicago is humid. In Mauritania, it's like dry like Arizona. The weather, it, yeah. it's exactly like Arizona or Vegas or California even, you know. But in Chicago, it's humid. It's like somebody put you in the stove or something. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how, yeah, that's how, exactly how. So the weather it. was different. And then during winter, it was extremely cold. That was your first like winter, yes. right? Obviously or when like I came winter? then, yeah. Yeah, it was extremely, extremely cold. Oh my gosh, extremely cold. So, you know, the weather was different. The food, you know, back home, obviously... It used to cheer with Jen, Yasa, you know, couscous, kebdoulirwa. This up all the yummy stuff. And then, you know, yeah, everything was like different. I remember the food didn't taste good. 
nothing you, you know the difference yeah back home idea the food is a lot fresher back home except the milk i don't like mauritanian milk you don't like it because it's like a whole milk and you used to drink two percent growing up yeah, yeah. but badia it's the best really you know i know camel milk i'm not a big fan of camel milk but your dad loves it Tanto Brian also loves camel milk my dad you know he loved also camel milk i'm not a big but i like badia the whole milk you know and then you know it, it's just everything is there. i remember every time i go on vacation there i'm like the carrots Did taste so it? good. Oh no, no! When I go back, they're the like food. the carrots, the carrots, and then they the fruit me, too is so much like sweeter. Different. Yeah. yeah, and then one time they're like, I think Tante Omar made fun of me, and he's like, "You look like somebody who was starving all this time." I'm like, no, no, the food is literally different. Yeah, it, it it definitely the food is much better in any country other than the U.S. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, people also I feel like they are more friendly in Mauritania than here. Like here, everybody is like minding their own business. They're in their own like their neighbors own, like, don't world. really talk to each other. Yes, here. yes, yes. Whereas back in Mauritania, like neighbors know each other well. Oh, absolutely not neighbor. You know the entire street, you know, street. Not the street, the entire neighborhood. Not even you know Mauritania is small. Everybody knows everybody. If you don't know somebody, you know somebody who knows somebody who knows that person. So you know you're in the street the whole day talking to people. Uh, stranger would just come if you need help. The I don't know. The front door is just open. People just come in and go. You literally like unlock the door at 6 a.m. and then lock it midnight. You know, here you can't do that. So people are just weird. You can't even talk to people that you don't know. So everything was different. Everything, everything. And also, I didn't know English when I came. I literally like knew a few words. <laughs> it was like that, yeah. you know, British English, like water. I remember I went to a restaurant and they're like, would you like anything today? I'm like, can I have some water? <laughs> I don't even know if you understood what I was saying. Yeah, no, I can't believe you and dad both came here without speaking any English. Because I know some African countries, they have English, like Nigeria. They have yeah. English there. Mauritania doesn't really speak yeah. English. Yeah. They have French. We have Arabic. French, yeah. We didn't have English. We had like English in high school, starting high school. I think you have two hours a week. But who, nobody cared. Like nobody was nobody going. Cared. The teacher will literally be with two or three st- students out of, I don't know how many students. Nobody cared. Nobody paid attention to it. So when I came, I literally like spoke maybe three, you know, British English word, water and please. Uh, I don't know. So it was very hard for me. And I remember the telemarketer, they used to call every day, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm sorry, no English, you speak French. And they're like, oh, no, no, and then they hang up. So every time they call, I'm like, you speak French? They're like, nah. They hang up immediately. Okay, but one thing that's very admirable about you is I feel like you're really good with languages. Like, you pick up languages very quickly. And that's something that's so impressive is, like, when you came here, like, you not only learned English, but you also learned Spanish, too. I did, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was, I remember going to school you know, learning English, and then at the same time, I was learning Spanish. Yeah. Because back home, it's not like I was so dedicated, I wanted to learn Spanish. Yeah. But what happened is back home, I was watching those telenovelas, you know. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, telenovela. And those back home, we have them either way in Arabic or in French. So French is like Senegalese TV, they used to broadcast them, and then we used to watch them. Or I remember at that time I was watching Cassandra, it's like she's from Venezuela and all of that. And then I came here, so I went to school. I was, you know, trying to learn English. And then one day I was just, you know, I could not understand anything. I was not interested. And then I was just changing channels. And then I saw Univision, I remember. They were, like, showing one of these telenovelas. I'm like, oh, my gosh, telenovelas. 
So I was happy to see something that I, you know, remember, remember from, back from back home. Exactly. But the only difference now it's in Spanish. It's oh, no, no longer in French or in English. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, I don't understand anything. So I just kept watching. And every time I heard them say a word, I remember I would go back to College of DePage where I was taking my English classes. And I would my ask Claudia, my you know Mexican friend, Claudia, what does this mean? And I remember the first thing I learned is like those bad words. And she's like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> where did you learn this? And I'm like, telenovela, you know, what is babosa? What is this? And she's like, what are you learning this? And your dad was like, you know, stop watching this channel. You're not going to learn English, you know. I didn't listen. I'm like, I care about, you know. Watching my entertainment of the day. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I just kept watching, watching. At first, I did not understand anything. And then I started picking like words. And phrases. Exactly. And then I would like understand in the context of the telenovelas. But when I go outside, I go to the groceries and I hear them like speaking. I would not understand anything. I'm like, okay, they're speaking too fast. And then slowly I started understanding what they're saying. So after that, I took like, I think one or two classes to help me speak. And now I, you know, I speak Spanish. She's really good at Spanish. Yeah. 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 Uh, her Spanish is way better than mine and my sister's. And my sister and I... I did five years of Spanish. Rakia did four years. And my mom says way better. <laughs> yeah. Me encanta el español. Yeah. I remember when I went to College of Dipesh, I did not even do Spanish in high school. And I skipped all those classes. High school, I came, I skipped the first one. The teacher, they literally put me in 102 or whatever. Oh. And I was with kids that did it. And I kept like getting A's. And they're like, the guys, the teacher's like, you're good. I'm like, telenovela. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So up to now, you know, I'm always watching Telemundo, Univision. I watch telenovela. Uh, right now I'm watching Turkish, Turkish soap, but in Spanish. And yeah, I like Spanish. Yeah. No, I, I remember like growing up, like my mom, I would, I always just remember the presence of like my mom watching those channels, like yeah. shows in Spanish and everything like that. So like, it's always had like a, a presence in, I would say in my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me encanta el español, me encanta. Yeah, you said it was your favorite language, right? Ac- actually, all the languages I speak Spanish is my favorite. favorite. I feel I would love to go to Spain one day so I can practice my Spanish. Or maybe yeah, go inshallah. to Mexico. Quiero ir a España. Inshallah. Yeah, hopefully Quiero I would love España to. Quiero ir a España para hablar español. Comer algo rico. <laughs> So I hope you guys enjoyed the first part to this episode. I'm going to have part two in about two weeks. Stay tuned for that episode. Make sure to check out the show notes for all of the links that we mentioned, including my mom's social media, as well as make sure to give the Disclaimers Aside podcast Instagram a follow so you can be a part of the conversation and a part of the community. I will chat with you guys in my next episode. Bye.